The show you love with even more local news and more local talk. The voice of the valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's your host, Mike Douglas. And welcome to the Mike Douglas Show. This uh, beautiful summer-ish Wednesday afternoon in California's Central Valley. Mike Douglas here, your personal concierge for conversation as we light things up with conversation about the issues of the day that affect you and me personally here in California's Central Valley. And I I must not uh, proceed without wishing you the fourth be with you. Yes, uh, that reference, of course, to uh, Star Wars. I loved uh, I loved the first movie that came out. Uh, I think all the the first uh, iteration of the the rest of them I thought were were good. Some less good than others. I really loved the first one. I and and I saw it in a theater. Of course, there was no streaming back then, and uh, just 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 loved it. Saw it with a friend, and it was uh, just highly highly impactful. And uh, so I, I guess today down in, uh, in at 1010 10th Street, the Modesto uh, Plaza there where the uh, city of Modesto and county of Stanislaus uh, offices are located, I guess they were having uh, little pretend labor saber uh, fights there and a little parade. Anyway, I wasn't able to attend that, but it sounds like uh, it was or will be a lot of uh, fun. So Modesto celebrating uh star wars uh today all right so let's uh let, let's talk about another angle of this leaked draft from the supreme court that from justice samuel alito of course that uh, leaked draft which uh, indicates it's a, a majority opinion of the court that looks like it may overturn uh, roe v wade has given rise to, has an oblevy of hysteria and of non sequiturs. And so I think one of the things that, that we do here on the Mike Douglas Show is, is we listen well, we examine uh, what the opposition is saying, and, and we can learn from others' mistakes, and certainly as well as learning from our own mistakes. So there's, there are irrational, hysterical people out there who often assume that others will respond the way they do to various stimuli that cause them to react in, in hysterical or irrational ways, not thinking that there are other people in the world who have different worldviews than they do, and therefore we don't react with the same filters and the same frames of references that they do. And or they are engaging in political theater on purpose. Sometimes hard to tell, but I want to look at three abject lessons uh, in that today. And and this relates to the responses to that leaked uh, Supreme Court decision, that draft that was... uh, leaked earlier this week. The first stop, we're going to go to Mississippi yesterday. Do you know who Yamish Alcindor is? Well, she's the host of Washington Week on PBS, and she's also a Washington correspondent for NBC, and she was on MSNBC yesterday with a couple of other op-ed type people, uh, reporters, and uh, she was in Mississippi 
apparently outside of what she said, what she claimed to be the last abortion clinic in Mississippi. Now, what can we learn from Yamish Alcindor? Listen to her responses to questions about what was going on in and about this last apparent abortion center in Mississippi. Here's Yamish Alcindor from yesterday. I talked to another woman who had tears in her eyes and said that she went up to the volunteers to thank them for their work because she said her, um, as a woman who's an attorney who has the means and resources, that she'll always be able to get an abortion because she'll be able to fly to one of what they're calling the 13 safe states, places that might continue to have abortion, mm. like California or New York. But for a lot of vulnerable women, women who are poor, women who are women, women of color, they will be forced to have um, pregnancies that they cannot afford to terminate and pregnancies that will then turn into children that they cannot afford. Huh. Did you catch that last part? Uh, They will be forced to have pregnancies that they cannot afford to terminate and pregnancies that will then turn into children. Wow, what a concept. Pregnancies that turn into children. Have you ever heard of such a thing? Have you ever heard of pregnancies turning into children? What an an astute observation by Yamish Alcindor. This is uh, groundbreaking, perhaps, in the world of national media. But for a lot of vulnerable women, she said, women who are poor, women of color, they will be forced to have pregnancies they cannot afford to terminate and pregnancies that will then turn into children dot, 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 that they cannot afford. So what do we learn from Yamish Alcindor? First of all, there are a lot of non sequiturs. First of all, we, we have to consider that she is coming at this with a filter. And my point being that a lot of people like Amish Alcindor, who I say assume that others operate with their same filters, we have to use that same logic here and understand that Yamish Alcindor is probably not going to operate with the same filters that you and I do, nor with the same worldview that you and I do. Apparently, this is a revolutionary idea to her that pregnancies turn into children. And children that women of uh, vulnerable, vulnerable women, women who are poor and women of color cannot afford. And so I, I would think a lot of people who are not well grounded in logic and reason would accept that and get all fired up about it. I, uh, I don't know. Let's move because I, I do have method in my, in my madness here. Uh, We're going to uh, move very quickly to a clip from Elizabeth Warren. And then um, a few minutes after that, we're going to end with uh, some sound bites from Vice President Kamala Harris. And I would like you to engage in an exercise with me as we head towards the bottom of the hour uh, with the comments that uh, Vice President Kamala Harris makes. First, though, let's go to... Um, yesterday, and and this is, uh, I believe, outside the Supreme Court yesterday, where Senator Elizabeth Warren really gets uh, wound up 
and is uh, expressing the fact that she is very angry. Uh, now, bear with me. L- listen to this. I am angry because we have reached the culmination of what Republicans have been fighting for, angling for, for decades now, and we are going to fight back. I am angry because of who will pay the price for this. It will not be wealthy women. Wealthy women can get on an airplane. They can fly to another state. They can fly to another country. They can get the protection they need. This will fall on the poorest women in our country. This will fall on those who have been raped. This will fall on mothers who are already struggling to work three jobs to be able to support the children they have. Well, I am here because I am angry, and I am here because the United States Congress can change all of this. Angry, but committed. Understand this. I have seen the world where abortion is illegal, and we are not going back. Not ever. No. So say it with me. We are not going back. We are not going back. Not ever. Not ever. Not ever. Not ever. Not ever. Not ever. Never. Well, I uh, I thought she might need medical help there for a moment. Uh, let's uh, go to the phones and get some of your reactions to what you're hearing. Area code two zero nine. Five five one three four eight three. Let's uh, first go to Stanislaus and Debbie. Uh, Debbie, welcome to uh, this Wednesday. Uh, your thoughts about what you've heard thus far? Well, actually, there's a couple of very, very important comments. Number one, abortion is murder. You can color it anything you want to, but many, many decades ago, all the way up to now, we have been given through science many, many ways to prevent pregnancy. Now, if people are too lazy and they're too immoral and they're too disjointed and their brains are frozen, then when you take that on, forget about what you could afford, ladies. You're murderesses. And you better grow a pair and you better grow up because we don't have excuses for pregnancies unwanted anymore because there are simple ways to prevent it. Get your education, take a deep breath, and realize that you're criminals, every single one of you. You have no idea how much of a criminal you really are. But you'd better stop yelling and screaming and jumping up and down about your rights are being taken away from you. Because what you're doing is taking the rights away from all of us because you're too stupid to do what you need to do to avoid getting pregnant. There are millions, hundreds of millions of us that did that our whole lives if and when we wanted to do that. So get educated and get real because I want you all in prison. Every one of you that commits an abortion is a killer, period, over and out. Thank you for taking the time to allow me to speak. All right, Debbie, thanks uh, Thanks for your thoughts. So Debbie, being pretty upfront, uh, she's saying abor- abortion is murder, and uh, those who engage in it, you are murderesses. 
uh, or murderers, I suppose, if you are um, if you are assisting in in the process. So uh, that that's Debbie's opinion. What is yours? Two zero nine five five one three four eight three. Want to take just a a brief segment here to talk about happier things, and that is when you have to come to the point of selling your house. And when you have to do that, I say you got to go to an expert. My expert is Dan Phipps. I'm thinking of what it would take to sell our aging home. I'm concerned about repairs. Well, if you're worried about costly repairs or upgrades needed to sell your home, call the agent I trust. His name, Dan Phipps. Dan's proprietary marketing system guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours for full market value, or Dan will sell it for free. That's because his home selling program, it's designed to maximize your sales price. You're in complete control. No long-term contracts, no required costly repairs. You pick your move dates, and Dan can even find you a new home before you move. Ronald in Modesto was retiring, moving out of state, already had a home lined up to move into, but obviously needed to sell his current home fast and at top dollar. His problem was his home needed costly repairs and updates. So he talked to Dan Phipps. Dan assured him he could get it done, and Dan did big time, says Ronald. Dan sold his home in days at top price uh, for his area with no costly repairs. So call Dan Phipps. Dan is the man I recommend. I'd hire him to sell my own home. He's the only agent who guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours or it's sold free. Call Dan Phipps, 209-840-6378, or go to danphipps.com. That's Dan Phipps with three P's, D-A-N-P-H-I-P-P-S dot com. And our conversations will continue in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. He's got issues. Let's talk about it. The Mike Douglas Show on air and online. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV, talking about the hysteria and the irrational thinking that and the non sequiturs that are that are being uh, bantied about in in uh, in the aftermath of the leaking of Justice Samuel Alito's apparent majority opinion that the Supreme Court may rule on that would overturn Roe v. Wade. So we've been, uh, and, and again, there's, an, there's method to my madness here. We, we need to learn some lessons here from all of this. That, that's why I'm going through it. I'm not doing this to make fun of the people. I'm doing this for a purpose so that we can learn about the way we react Two things. All right, let's uh, let's listen to our vice president, Kamala Harris. Uh, she uh, delivered remarks at a gala hosted by a pro-choice group called Emily's List yesterday, and uh, this this is her response to the leaked Supreme Court draft. Here we go. Those Republican leaders who are trying to weaponize the use of the law against women. Will we say, how dare they? How dare they tell a woman what she can do and cannot do with her own body? How dare they? How dare they try to stop her from determining her own future? How dare they try to deny women 
their rights and their freedoms. All right, let's uh, let, let's let's do a little role playing here, and I'm going to use uh, Vice President Kamala Harris's um, her her rally cry. What, what's her rally cry? How dare they? Yeah, that that one right there. So here's here's how the role playing here's how the game works. I'm going to play. How dare they? And you help me add the next phrase. And uh, so here, l- let me demonstrate. I'm I'm going to uh, I'm going to give you a, a couple of uh, suggestions here. All right, here we go. How dare they use the same legal system to overturn Roe v. Wade that we use to affirm Roe v. Wade? How dare they suggest that the Supreme Court should never make decisions we don't like? How dare they suggest that unborn babies have no right to life? How dare they! Suggest that the commandment, do not murder, applies to babies about to be born or babies that have just been born. How dare they! Suggest that mothers should not have the right to kill their babies. How dare they! And in the case of Yamish Alcindor, How dare they! Say that pregnancies can turn into children. Do you, do, do you see how illogical... This all is. And this is the vice president of the United States. Now, understand she's playing to her own constituency. Uh, this is a group called Emily's. What was it? Emily's List. And uh, seemed like a, a big to do there. So uh, I, I'm sure she spent a lot of time coming up with this. How dare they? Yes. Well, have sex and not expect to get pregnant. How dare they? Not use contraception and think that uh, they won't get pregnant. How dare they? Yeah, how how dare they? All right, let's see what you think. We'll go to the phones very quickly. 209-551-3483. Uh, let's, uh, let's hear from Barbara in Stockton. Barbara, welcome. What are your thoughts? Well, Mike... I was just thinking, you know, America was built on Christian principles. You know, I realize that there are all different uh, religions that are present here. But I'm just thinking about, uh, I heard somewhere where since they passed that law, that there's been over 60 million that they know of abortions. And I'm just thinking about all of those little souls that never got realized. And I think that one day... America, this just may come back to haunt us. I I think it already has come back to haunt us, and in many ways, Barbara, I think you're you're right on the right on the mark there. And this is and Barbara, thanks for the call. Appreciate that. Uh, appreciate that very much. Uh, I think okay. Barbara, what what you also bring to my mind is that this does not mean there is no compassion for the woman that goes through an abortion. There are some tremendous emotional and lasting ramifications of going through an abortion. We know that because as a pastor, I have talked to uh, women who have gone through abortions, and they have told me about the inner struggles that they have gone through. Uh, and and uh, one that uh, that I worked with uh, for a while, uh, you know, was very plain about the fact that 
Uh, she said, I understand God's forgiveness, and I accept that, but I always wonder. She says, I struggled that for, for a long time, that I cut off the opportunity for that soul to thrive and to be what God intended her or him to be in this life. And so when it when it comes down to it and we hear harsh rhetoric like, How dare they? I think we have to take stock of where they're coming from, learn some lessons from them, and we'll explore that in a couple of minutes. In fact, uh, several of you holding on the phone, uh, we'll get to you in five minutes as the Mike Douglas Show continues here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Again, my challenge to you, add a phrase to this. How dare they? And let's explore that together. Again, uh, we'll be back in five minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk. 1360 KFIV. Don't go away. We'll be right back. The Mike Douglas Show. Now, weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. With the big news of the day, here's more of the Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas here, very honored, highly privileged to be your concierge for conversation here on the Mike Douglas Show, 3 to 5 p.m. Monday through Friday, where we get to rationally, reasonably, respectfully, and uh, intensely examine the issues of the day that affect you and me right here in California Central Valley. Right now, we're talking about uh, what I have uh, labeled as the uh, hysterical and the non sequitur ish responses to uh, the leak of Samuel Alito's apparent majority opinion that was drafted, I believe, in February for the Supreme Court of the United States that would, if indeed the final vote indicates so, uh, that could overturn Roe v. Wade. And we're exploring the reactions to that with a point to it, and that is, what can we learn from others' responses to help us understand how to better react to their responses. And uh, so we've been uh, using uh, Vice President Kamala Harris's cadence that uh, she put down yesterday at Emily's List. How dare they? And I've challenged us to uh, fill in the blank there. How dare they? Well, let's see what you would put in there. Area code 209-551-3483. Area code 209-551-3483. Let's go to the phones and Cheryl in Lodi. Hi, Cheryl. Welcome to the show. Hi, Mike. Hey, how about how dare they use that excuse when they would not allow us to use my body, my choice when it came to the vaccination? Oh, oh, Cheryl. Great, great observation. Absolutely. And Cheryl, not you only. Uh, I, and I'm, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, you know, I've always said if it is my body, my choice. I don't necessarily agree with every aspect of abortion, but I do understand that there are circumstances that lead a person to have to make that choice 
and it's not an easy choice to make. And I'm not living their life, so I can't speak for them. However, it, it doesn't speak to their agenda when it comes to a vaccination, yet it does when it comes to abortion. Why is that? And Cheryl, that is such a legitimate question. The problem that we have right now, Cheryl, I don't know if you found this or not, we can't engage in a conversation. We, 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 because the, the opposition is so frantic, so hysterical, so committed to crushing any other opinion that we can't even talk with each other. And, and I, I think you're no, right. I don't want to hear any other opinion. Right. Right, exactly, because there is often the assumption that everyone thinks like I do. Well, not everyone thinks like I do, or you do, or or Yamiche Alcindor, or Kamala Harris, or Elizabeth Warren. And so that's why the founders had this idea of the marketplace of ideas. Do you find it? easy to talk to people about this or do you find there's there's a reticence either they don't want to get involved in the conversation or they flat out if they're in opposition don't want to hear what you have to say you know once upon a time opposing sides could have a conversation and there was no problem doing so i'm talking about back in the 70s and back in the 80s but anymore it's the total my way or the highway and if you don't agree with me, then you're wrong, and that's all there is to it. Great, great observation, Cheryl, from the land of Lodi, some of God's country up there. Thanks for calling today, Cheryl. appreciate your contribution to our thoughts today. So Cheryl making a very astute observation, and that is, well, if this is all about uh, my body, my choice— then why are the same folks pushing vaccinations? And if if we say, well, no, that's my body, my choice. Well, no, it doesn't apply in that circumstance. Well, why not? Well, you see, there's the hypocrisy. I don't know. I, I think elected officials probably at this point are aware of the hypocrisy and they're willing to live with the hypocrisy because in their worldview, the ends justify the means. And when you live in a worldview that says the ends justify the means, then you can justify anything because you have what I would call a fluid worldview. It's squishy. It's squishy. It's like grabbing jello. So you squish it to form it to whatever situation uh, you're in. One of our listeners uh, just sent in a thought here. Uh, if I consent to have sex and get pregnant, I'm responsible for the consequences, which is a baby. She says, I believe it's my responsibility to protect this baby. There are many people who would gladly take an unwanted baby to love and raise. And uh, <laughs> this is very interesting. Uh, she says, how dare they say I can't sell my body for sex? Yeah, well, and I, I understand uh, the um, what 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 she's saying there is not not literally, but the point the point is the hypocrisy that's involved in all of this. So uh, before I want to give you an opportunity, if you'd still like to weigh in as we move on to some other things, how would you finish this rallying cry from Vice President Kamala Harris? How dare they? How would you add to that? How 
right. Well, we'll uh, we'll continue to take your calls on that. 209-551-3483. 209-551-3483. So, Mike, you said there was a point to this. I did. When are you going to get to the point? I'm getting to it right now. I believe we can learn from these types of experiences. Again, I am not playing these sound bites just to be funny or to be critical of the persons uh, who gave us those sound bites. I'm doing this as a learning experience. And I'm thinking of what can we learn from the opposition. I'm always curious about the opposition, whatever it might be. If you're playing a game, uh, in sports, you you go out and you scout the opposition. Why? Because in order to defeat the opposition, you need to learn what they do, how they do it, and why they do it. That's why there's scouting in, in sports. When you come to uh, other things, now I'm not a poker player at all. I, I like board games and, and card games. Uh, but I'm not that advanced that but but I, I understand what the fundamentals are and in in poker people watch for tells. Uh, they watch for indications of whether that other person is lying in terms of their play or whether they're being accurate in uh, portraying what kind of hands they have if I can just boil it down that way. So there was value into examining the opposition. I'd be interested to hear what some of your lessons learned are. What do you think we're learning from people like Kamala Harris, uh, from Yamish Alcindor, from Elizabeth Warren in the uh, sound bites that we played today? Here are some of mine. I'll give you uh, six of these, and you're welcome to add to it. Again, our phone number, 209-551-3483. All right, what can we learn? Number one, I think we need to avoid hysteria. That, that speaks to something I learned way back in the police academy uh, in the late 1970s uh, about the spiral of aggression. When, when you're dealing with someone else who is really hyped up and on the spiral of aggression, they're at 99 or 100, which means they're almost out of control. Uh, they're not thinking straight. And if you enter that same realm with them at 90 or 95 or 100 percent on the on the scale of aggression, somebody's going to get hurt or damaged. All right. So the goal is to avoid entering the same plane they are in terms of their hysteria or their lack of control. So the point is to come in way below where they are on that spiral of aggression. I've often I found that not, not only in law enforcement, but also in the fire and rescue service and in 25 years of vocational pastoring as well. If someone is out of control, if they're amped up, uh, either naturally or unnaturally, it, it pays to come in at a low level uh, to a uh, calming voice, you do what you can to protect yourself, but you do what you can to bring the the level of hysteria or the, or the level of angst down so that you can have a discussion. I have seen 
people who I agree with in terms of their points, but the way they deliver it is similar to the opposition. They're, I'm going to crush the opposition. I'm going to crush you and so that you have absolutely no standing instead of addressing the issues. All right, avoid hysteria. Number two, I've got six of these points. Uh, I'll get to two of them right now. Don't lie. Don't lie. When, when I do seminars on public speaking, and I've written a little manual many years ago on, on speaking your way to success, one of the things that I teach is if you are being interviewed or you're in a public venue or now anywhere because of social media, don't lie. Don't lie. It will catch up with you eventually. You don't have to worry about what you said down the line if you don't lie. Now, we have all made misstatements. We have all made statements that we found out later were not true. Not not that we intended to lie, but <clears throat> there was new evidence or we misspoke. Or we go back and correct that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about intentionally lying in order to win the argument, and to destroy the other person. All right, I have four more of these to go, but we're going to catch those in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. What have you learned from some of these statements from Kamala Harris, from uh, Amish Alcindor, from Elizabeth Warren? 209-551-551. 3483. We'll continue the conversation in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. On air and online, take the Mike Douglas Show with you with the iHeartRadio app. Search 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. All right, we're talking about lessons to be learned, lessons that we can learn from listening to uh, folks like uh, Yamish Alcindor, uh, Vice President Kamala Harris, and Senator Elizabeth Warren. And we played those clips earlier in the hour. I've uh, been talking about lessons that I think I can take from this, sharing them with you to see if you think they're beneficial at all. I've reviewed uh, two points. One, avoid hysteria. Uh, come in as low on the spiral of aggression as we can in order to facilitate a rational and reasonable and respectful conversation. Uh, and I, I know what you're saying. I know it's very hard when people are yelling stuff like this. How dare they? I got it. I got it. All right. The, the, the number, number two. When we're involved in discussions with people who have avoiding, uh, have opposing views, don't lie. And I would say that we even ought not to engage in spin. Just speak the truth. Speak what's true. Speak to the point. That that gives the other person some credit for having gray matter upstairs and being able to process it. Now, whether they do have gray matter upstairs and are able to process it, <clears throat> that will come out later in the conversation, but at least it gives them the opportunity to respond responsibly and reasonably. All right, number three, so avoid hysteria, don't lie, and I would add even to that, don't, don't spin. And number three, 
follow the rules of logic and be clear and concise. So much of what we've heard, so much of what we heard over the past uh, 24 to 48 hours has has been non sequiturs. In other words, uh, in, in, in the realm of logic and, and reason, things that do not follow, uh, statements that do not logically follow to the next statement. It's like building a stairway. You, you have to build one step after the other, and each step contributes to the final goal, which is reaching the top of the stairway. However, if you have leaps in those logics, <laughs> logic, if you have steps, stairs that are missing in the stairway, uh, you fall through and you never get to the top. You never get to where you want to go. All right, number four, focus on the truth of our argument as we see it. Now, that that's interesting because what I believe to be true because of my worldview may not be what the opposing person believes to be true because of their worldview, and that's okay. That's why the Founding Fathers had this thought of the First Amendment, of of the marketplace of ideas, of a free press, in order to have the ability to, and, and, and those discussions, as I understand it, by our Founding Fathers, got heated. And that's okay, but they were having discussions, and out of that, you can finally come to agreement, but each side has to be heard. So my recommendation is to focus on the truth of the argument as you see it. Uh, number five, and I think this is really important in, in today's economy. Allow the opposition to have dignity in the process. And why, Mike, if, if they're being jerks, why should I allow them to be dignity? Uh, why should I allow them some dignity? Because you and I are not jerks. Because we have integrity. And we hopefully are, are people of grace and, and compassion, but also people of truth. So we need to be bold in terms of announcing what's true, but to have to allow the other person to have dignity during the process. Because if we allow other folks who oppose us to have dignity in the process, we allow them to have room to agree with us ultimately. But when we assault someone, when we tear them down, when we insult them, when we, when we feel that the only way to get our point across is to crush them and send them into oblivion so that only our opinion remains, they're rarely going to come around to our way of thinking. However, if we allow them dignity in the process, then we can hear them. I, I have found many times in in a quarter century of, of mentoring as a, as a pastor, especially for the years that I was, uh, I was engaged uh, in, in duties as a marriage pastor, uh, dealing with a lot of couples who were on the ropes. What I found was that oftentimes couples couldn't communicate with each other because they wouldn't allow each other to have dignity during the discussion. So I really park on that a lot. Allow the opposition to have some dignity in the process so they have room to agree with us later on. Does that, does that make sense? And then finally, 
it's important, I believe, if we would like to influence folks who disagree with us. I think it is very important, A, to establish relationships with them, to foster those relationships, to build trust. And then the ultimate, the ultimate reality is it's beneficial to meet people where they are as they are. So I, I, we found this early on 20 years ago as, as we got advancing vibrant communities rolling. Uh, some volunteers uh, would go out and say, well, I, I know what that person needs. And we said, no, 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 no. If we want to have some relationship with this person, we need to respond to them in terms of what they think their need is. We call that a felt need. So if we respond to what their felt need is, that makes them happy because something they think is important we fulfilled for them, even if we don't think it's the main issue. So my main, you know, I may think that this person who needs a crib for their baby needs to budget better or they need to quit spending money on, I don't know, cigarettes or whatever it might be. Well, that's all fine and dandy, but I'm not going to get a hearing by that person until I offer to to give them the crib they're looking. Now, once the crib is there, then we have the opportunity uh, to start a discussion because we met their, uh, we met their felt need. So, again, my, my points here, uh, avoid hysteria, never lie, follow logic, be clear and concise, focus on the truth of your argument as you see it, allow the opposition to have dignity in the process so they have room to possibly agree with us, and then meet people where they are as they are. We'll continue the discussions at 209 3483 after the top of the hour news weather and traffic don't go away we'll get back to the phones on the mike douglas show power talk 1360 kfiv the show you love with even more local news and more local talk the voice of the valley the Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's your host, Mike Douglas. And welcome to our number two of the Mike Douglas Show here on this summer-ish Wednesday in California's Central Valley. Mike Douglas here, very privileged and honored to serve as your concierge for conversation here on the Mike Douglas Show, Monday through Friday, 3 to 5 p.m. on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. We've been talking earlier about some of the hysteria and a lot of the non-sequiturs that have uh, been flying about on television, on uh, cable television, on social media since the revelation of a leaked copy of Justice Samuel Alito's apparent majority opinion uh, for the Supreme Court of the United States that could potentially indicate uh, they may overrule Roe v. Wade. We've been talking about lessons that we can learn 
from the opposition, lessons that we can learn by watching folks we don't agree with. Our number here, 209-551-3483. I've shared six of those with you that uh, that I immediately came to my mind. What about you? What lessons are we learning from these people who are hysterical and, and giving non-sequiturs and even being hypocritical? Again, 209-551-3483. Uh, let's go up. Uh, let's go back to Modesto. Nick has been waiting patiently. Hi, Nick. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, Mike. Um, appreciate those uh, six points that you you mentioned uh, in your last segment. I don't. I'm not able to catch your program a lot. Only when I'm in my car. So I'm, I'm glad I was able to catch that part. And so listening through that, it reminded me of of a college professor I had. Um, my senior year, and his words to me were, uh, regardless of what career path you choose, um, always allow yourself the opportunity to be wrong. If you allow yourself the opportunity to be wrong, then you're, gonna, you're going to learn something, and you're going to uh, broaden out uh, and have a better understanding. So he told me, he says, you need to follow the L's of life to be successful, regardless of whatever you do. And that's listen, learn, and then lead. And he said, what you don't want to do is have the the S words, stupid and stubborn. If you're stupid and stubborn, you accomplish nothing and you get nothing. But if you listen and learn, then you will be able to lead and people will will follow. And I've done that in my business career, and I think it's worked out pretty good. Nick, I think that's great wisdom. And and what what kind of uh, class was that, this professor? Uh, My professor was in, my major was in economics. It was a professor in my economics department. Well, I think your professor was very wise. Nick, thanks for calling and sharing that with us. Appreciate that very, very much. So Nick, Nick with some life lessons from uh, a professor of his uh, in economics, by the way. And, and by the way, there are some great voices from economics. Um, and and you, you think of uh, people that are very uh, I think Larry Kudlow has uh, a contemporary voice that uh, is is very very wise. Uh, I think of uh, Walter Williams. Uh, I believe he has passed away. Tremendous mind. Thomas Sowell, a tremendous uh, intellect as uh, as well. And you know, and and I think what Nick also points out is sometimes we can unknowingly have influence upon others for a lifetime without knowing that. Have you ever had that experience? I have, and, and it, 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 it is continually surprising to me. People may come up, people I haven't seen or connected with for years and sometimes decades, and they'll say, hey, do you remember that one time And I'm racking my brain and trying to fire up my synapses without a ninth cup of coffee, and I'm trying to think, well, help, help refresh my memory for me. And I'll say, well, when you, you told us this, or you said this, and, and that has, that has helped me in my life. What's my point here? My point is we never know. 
in conversation how we are going to impact people. And uh, I, I love what Nick communicated to us today. And uh, again, I'm, I'm, I'm going to review his points here very quickly. Uh, his, um, his professor said, allow yourself to be wrong. Allow yourself to be wrong. And uh, I, I think that is one of the great life lessons of all time, uh, to allow ourselves to fail. Not, not to intentionally fail, but to build that into our future connections, uh, our, our future plans, that it is okay to fail, not, not on purpose, but we, we need to take risks. We need to be bold. If we have obstacles that we want to overcome, we need to have the, the clarity of mind to say, I'm going to do what I feel led to do here based upon my experience, based upon my education. I am going to do what I think is best here and what people who know me well think is best. And if it turns out to be not so productive, great, I've learned from it. Our, some of our greatest lessons in life, at least mine, I don't know about you, but some of our greatest lessons in life have been have flowed from deep valleys or failures or bad decisions, what turned out to be bad decisions. So, uh, Nick, I, I appreciate that, that very much, and, and his professor telling him uh, three L's, listen learn and lead. And I would say we can't learn without listening. And I don't I don't just mean within the classroom environment. I mean period. We cannot learn from life, we cannot learn from others if we aren't listening. And part of that act of listening, I believe, is being curious. Why did you do that? Not not in a convicting way, but help me understand what your what your thought process was? What what led you to do? What why do you believe that? What what are the what's your worldview that that supports that? I'm always curious about that. Uh, so listen, learn, and and lead. You know, and, and Nick, there's so many. Uh, I don't know about you, but I I'm uh, on the older scale of generations at this point. A lot of folk, a lot of my contemporaries are now retired. I have no desire to retire, which is good because can't afford to. But anyway, that, that being set aside, I, I like to work. I like to work. And over those years and years and years of working, I don't know how many courses I've been assaulted with or seminars on leadership. And, and to me, I don't think you can make leaders. Now, you may disagree with me on that. I think it's like an artist. I, I, I'm a musician. I play trumpet and French horn. I'm good, but I'm not the best of the best by any, by any imagination. I, I'm good because when I'm playing, I practice a lot to make sure that I sound good. It's, it's a matter of integrity. I believe a, a great painter, I don't mean of, of houses, although there's good technique there. I mean, an oil painter. I believe a lot of that talent is raw talent that's innate, and education and training helps refine that. But, the, and, and I, so I, I'm giving those examples because I believe leadership, there are leaders and there are not leaders. 
And if you try to force not leaders to be leaders, you do no service to them. You do no service to the people that they're trying to lead. You know, there's an old saying that a leader can't be a leader if nobody's following. And I believe that uh, that comes from developing relationships. And so I, I don't subscribe to you've got to be a leader. And I'm not saying I disagree with Nick. I'm saying we do need to look towards leading and not just following. My point, though, is sometimes it's very difficult uh, to make a leader out of someone who doesn't have the the raw talent. All right, uh, let's uh, go back to the phones, 209-551-3483, talking about lessons learned along the way. 209-551-3483. Let's go to John in Valley Springs. John, welcome. What are your thoughts today? <laughs> Mike, I wish I I was your student and I was... John, your your cell phone is is fa- it's cutting you off, um, and it's I don't. Cu- there I, we go. I can hear you very well. Uh, okay, start again. Uh, now I, we got I, you. I, I said. I said. I. John, do you, do you, hap- do you, do you happen to have your radio on in the background? Okay. If you do, make sure the radio is turned no, down. I don't, he- I don't, I don't, I don't hear it. It's it's very low. I can't even hear it. I just hear you. Okay, you sound good now. Go uh, ahead. <laughs> I was going. Okay, I I fled from a communist country, Yugoslavia, and then I was served at the army. I was told if I if I say one more word, I will be court-martialed, and I learned right away that I do not belong. That that is not my country. That I have to run away. And uh, so, in my late in my late twenties, I was able after serving the army. I was able to uh, make a run for it and um, come to over over here to Canada in the United States. And I I didn't speak English, so I I, I was always kind of a little bit scared of uh, talking over in public on on the radio on on the telephone because. I'm sometimes I just cannot um, express myself what I want to say. But uh, one thing I learned is that it says in the Old Testament, in the um, Amos, can two walk together unless they are agreed? Mm. And I found out that, that I was not agreed when I was over there in the country. I had to fly away <laughs> so that I can be on my own. And, and now I find out that... <clears throat> Do you have the same problem here now? It looks like uh, the communism over here is almost at a bigger strength than it was over there when I came, where I came from. But I um, I, I learned to um, over here when I became a Christian. I was well, after about a couple of years of staying here, I, I I I became a Christian. I learned that there's only two sides in this world. There is a side of God and a side of Satan. And that the sometimes uh, we just cannot go along together. We just have to separate. And so the, the, even in, in this in Amos where it says, how can two walk together if they disagree? And so I hear from you, well, we have to, we have to somehow come to the conclusion to, to, to agreement or whatever, 
And I don't, I don't see how can we. God, God has His way and Satan His His way, and there's at some point where we just have to um, go on our own way and forget about the other side. John, so I, you... I wish I, I can I can hear from you a little bit. How can can how would you reconcile that? Yeah, John. John, thanks for the call. Uh, you you make a very astute observation. By the way, given your experiences, you are a tremendous asset uh, to this country because of the experiential knowledge that you have. Um, I'm going to come back in three minutes, answer your your question very quickly, John. It's It, it was a great call. And then uh, also want to get to another John. He's in Brentwood. He'll be holding. I'll get to you in uh, three minutes here on uh, Power Talk 1360 KFIV as the Mike Douglas Show continues. Take the Mike Douglas Show with you every weekday from 3 till 5. Download the free iHeartRadio app and follow 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV, talking about uh, lessons learned from those who are hysterical and uh, flailing non sequiturs about uh, in related to the leaked uh, apparent draft from Justice Samuel Alito from the U.S. Supreme Court, which would possibly overturn Roe v. Wade. Uh, when all is said and done. Uh, so we're back to the phones now, 209-551-3483. Uh, by the way, John from uh, Valley Springs. Hang on, John. I'm, I'm going to answer your question in today's show. I'm going to need a couple of minutes to do this, but we have some other callers. I want to get them in. Uh, but, but don't go away. Uh, I will be addressing your question, but it requires some some rational thought and a, and a a setup so that we can we can have some logic to my response if that makes sense so don't go away john from valley springs because right now we're going to go to john from brentwood hi john welcome to the wednesday edition of the mike douglas show what's on your mind today hey mike you get a chance earlier when you were actually having the discussion about it but earlier today on an interview on a on another radio station, I believe it was an interview with a Democratic congresswoman from California, if there were any doubt that this leaked Roe versus Wade has nothing to do with the upcoming election, she was sounded just like Elizabeth Warren on this interview on the radio. She was saying how Amy Coney Barrett lied. She was saying how if, the, if this passes, the Republicans are going to get rid of transgender rights, are going to get rid of gay marriage. We need to show up at the ballot box and make sure the Republicans do not win, and just on and on and on. And I, where I believe abortion is abhorrent, I, I, I do not support abortion as birth control in any form at all. I do believe there are a few cases which it is possibly needed, such as incest, rape, you know, mother's life in danger, stuff like that. But I almost hope that this thing goes away and doesn't pass because I really think that that could spill impending doom in the upcoming election. There are way too many nutcases on the other side whose only thing they will vote on is abortion rights. They could be 60 years old and never going to have another kid. It doesn't matter if the whole country's going to heck in a handbasket. Don't take away my abortion rights. And, and I believe that will that could unite a lot of people to the ballot box and and maybe take away a lot of the gains that the Republicans look at possibly getting. 
John, John, I think you make a great point, and I, I don't want to get into being called a conspiracy theorist here at all, but uh, what your comments bring up in my mind is the great possibility that all of this is a drama that has been carefully scripted, that it's no accident that the Supreme Court majority opinion by Justice Alito was leaked. No accident that there were protesters so quickly at the Supreme Court. No accident that we're hearing a lot of the same stuff from uh, leaders on opposing sides. I, I, I have a suspicion it's all part of a political play, John, and so I, I agree it is. with you. And, and you know, they there was... They used COVID to win the last election. If, mm. if COVID never hit, Trump would have never lost because they wouldn't have had all these stuffed ballot boxes and voting by mail and all the crap that all the all the voting stuff that they threw out the window so that everybody could vote hashtag safely was it was a joke. And now that being at COVID is not the thing that it once was. They're, they have to find something to help sway this election. And I think they found what they're looking for. Yeah, just, uh, John, th- thanks for the call. Uh, you bring up some some great points there. Appreciate that very much. Uh, John also brings to mind, and I heard this earlier in one of the mo- national morning shows this morning, I think it was Clay and Buck maybe, uh, Joy Behar, uh, of course, one of the co-hosts of The View, uh, argued that if this decision goes through and Roe v. Wade is overturned, in her words, it could be, quote, just the beginning and uh, she also said, quoted, next, they'll go after gay marriage and maybe Brown versus Board of Education. And that uh, is referring, number one, to the 2015 uh, legalized same-sex uh, marriage uh, decision, and then back to the 1954 and the precedent that uh, ruled that segregation in schools is unconstitutional. So she's saying, yep, ne- next thing, they're going to go after gay marriage and segregation in schools. And then her uh, final comment I heard was, quote, I see fascism down the line here, says Joy Behar. So uh, John uh, from uh, Brentwood, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think there are underlying uh, themes and plans and uh, scripted thoughts, etc. I think it's all part of a strategy. We'll talk more about that also tomorrow, probably appropriately, is the National Day of Prayer. And uh, coming up, we'll be, uh, we'll be talking to Cindy Marks, the chair of Pray Modesto, about that. All that coming up in five minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show. And John from Valley Springs, I will answer your question as well. On the Mike Douglas Show, Power Talk 1360. The Mike Douglas Show, now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. You're listening to the Mike Douglas Show, the voice of the valley. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation as we take a look at the pressing issues of the day. And we're able to talk about them reasonably, rationally, and respectfully, live and local. And again, we so much appreciate iHeartMedia and KFIV as they provide that opportunity for us 3 to 5 p.m. Monday through Friday, again here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. 
Well, we've been talking a lot about uh, challenges we're facing right now, especially as the Supreme Court is concerned. And uh, please, John from Valley Springs, don't turn off your radio if you can help it. I'm going to answer your questions. It's going to take me a little bit to do that. Uh, so hang in there, John. I will get uh, go, we'll get back to your question and we'll cover it because it needs to be a full, well-developed answer, and I'll do that in just a few moments. Right now, though, uh, tomorrow, and I think it's very appropriate, tomorrow is the National Day of Prayer, and uh, there will be a special prayer uh, meeting at 1010 10th Street. That's where the city of Modesto and the county of Stanislaus offices are, out in that beautiful plaza they have there. And to tell us about it is uh, the founder of Pray Modesto. She's also the chair of Pray Modesto as well. And uh, she has uh, been responsible for putting this prayer time together uh, tomorrow. Cindy Marks, welcome to the Mike Douglas Show. Great to have you with us. Welcome. Thank you. And the timing is perfect, as you just said, and listening to your callers today. So I'm excited to tell you a little bit more about it. Yeah, tell us uh, what what's it about? Uh, how will it go? How will it go down? What can people expect tomorrow, twelve to noon, or at twelve to noon, noon to one p.m. <laughs> <laughs> noon to one, yes. So we're going to meet in the plaza just across the street from the um, theater that's right there at ten ten tenth Street, and there will be Christian leaders and some business people, community leaders, elected officials, and they'll be leading us in different topics of prayer such as law enforcement, military, family, um, and also for our city government and different topics as that as those are. And I'm just looking forward to seeing who's going to be able to come and just join us in that prayer time in the plaza there. And we've been doing this since, I believe, 2012. So we've been meeting out there in the plaza. So it's been a great time. And as you're fully aware, National Day of Prayer has been around since 1952. It was signed into Congress, and it was a unanimous decision. I don't know if we have any more of those these days, but it was a unanimous decision to make it a national event. And then in 1988, it was revised um, to celebrate every year on the first Thursday in May. So if you have a calendar, you can mark your calendar for next year at noon. We'll be celebrating it again at the same time and hopefully the same place. Cindy, just a, a wonderful opportunity. It is open to the public. Of course, there's no cost to it at all. And plus, it's a beautiful setting right there. I love that uh, love that plaza. And it's a great place, uh, I think, to to offer prayers for. Uh, and, and oftentimes you, you cover the, the seven uh, different mountains or domains or spheres of influence uh, of a city. And what I like about this is you have leaders from each of those domains or or mountains, or spheres of influence, or whatever you want to call them. You have representatives from each of those who will be praying uh, very intelligently about it because they are part of it. And I just encourage you uh, folks, if you're in the area, again, that's uh, from noon to 1 p.m. tomorrow on Thursday, the National uh, Day of Prayer. Uh, Cindy, very quickly, as, as a as a personal cause for you, and I know that you are passionate about prayer, what what maybe one of the two things that you walk away with after experiencing that hour of prayer in the past? I just see such a diverse group of people coming together 
from different churches and different parts of our community and praying together. And it's just a blessing to my heart to see everyone come. And there's just a sense of unification that we have together, worshiping God, singing a couple of songs, and then also just hearing each other's heart as they pray. I just, I don't know, there's just something special in watching our community and their reaction to one another. And just, I don't know, people haven't seen each other sometimes in a while and being able to um, stand together. And we have few seats, but not very many. So if you come and you need a chair, please bring one that you can sit in in case there aren't any available. But there's some um, there's a few little spots that you can sit. But it is, it's just a blessing to our city, and that's our goal, is to just come and seek God and bless, uh, and bless Him with our time together. Again, that's tomorrow, my friends, on the National Day of Prayer, noon to one in the, the plaza there at 1010 10th Street. That's where the City of Modesto uh, offices and uh, the City Council and the Stanislaus County Board of Supervisors and the county offices are co-located. By the way, Cindy, that's something you don't see every day either, is it, to have city and county offices co-located together in the same building? That. I, th- I think that's a testament to our area and uh, the, the the striving towards collaboration and working together. I, I think that's a minor miracle in and of itself. It really is. I know, I remember when they built the building and the discussions that went on to do that and how they talked about putting the two entities together upstairs And it's so great now because you can go in and if you come in that hallway on, I think it's the sixth floor, if you go to the right, that's city council, the left and the the check-in person, people are right there. And it's the same hallway and everything that you go through. So it is, it is amazing. And I have heard and talked to city council members and members of the board of supervisors where they say, oh, I need to talk to so-and-so and they can just walk across the hall and talk to them and catch up and make sure, you know, whatever they're doing, the decisions are going to um, not be in conflict. And so I thought that was really amazing when that happened. So I'm pleased that it's in the same place. And then for those that can come, they come downstairs and can meet with us and pray um, with us in that setting. So it's really wonderful. Our mayor's going to be there, Mayor Suze Wallen, and she's going to be um, leading us with the Pledge of Allegiance tomorrow. So I'm just pleased that she's able to make it and different council members and board of supervisors, some state leaders. So I'm just looking forward to seeing uh, what God's going to do tomorrow and how he's going to bless our city with our united prayer together. Cindy Marks, uh, she is the founder and chair of Pray Modesto. Again, the National Day of Prayer tomorrow. If you happen to be uh, near Modesto downtown, noon to 1 p.m. there in the plaza there at 1010 10th Street. Cindy, thanks so much for dropping by today. We appreciate it. Thank you for what you do and uh, for your future efforts towards uh, encouraging folks to pray for our city and our county. Thanks so much for being with us today. You're welcome. All right, friends, again, that's uh, tomorrow, 12 to 1, 1010 10th Street. All right, John, uh, he's been patiently waiting uh, with his radio on, I hope, John from Valley Springs. We were uh, an excellent call, by the way, John. 
One of the things that we were talking about and and that I was laying out were the steps towards influencing others and how best to do that. That's involved active listening uh, and allowing other people dignity in the process of discussing things that we may not agree upon uh, and establishing relationships, which then establishes trust, meeting people where they are as they are, trying to find some common ground or points of grace, I call it, where we can begin discussions, some points of agreement where we can say, okay, you and I agree on this. Now now that we can logically and respectfully uh, and with dignity talk about that issue, how, let, let's talk about this other issue. All right, now John from Valley Springs brought up a very good point, and I think it takes us into a different realm of relationship. And he was pointing out, and if I remember correctly, he came, uh, his history was being uh, from another country uh, where uh, socialism or or communism was uh, was inherent in the the fabric of society and coming here. and, And now he's seeing some of those same things, socialistic uh, bents, uh, beginning to uh, be very popularized by certain politicians. And so he's saying, look, there's good and evil. Uh, There's God and the ugly guy. And there, there are two realms here, light and darkness. And he was he was saying, well, well, speak to that, Mike, in, in terms of your your recommendation to establish relationships. Maybe I don't want to establish relationship with people who and let me just use the word uh, we think may be evil. Well, I think that's a that's a different realm that we have to deal with, John. And let, let me approach it this way. When and, and by the way, we, we see uh, look at the Apostle Paul. In the New Testament, there were times when he left certain people and didn't return again because he he realized that they were not going to be receptive. They were against him, and he wanted to kill him. And uh, in in terms of the uh, the uh, Hebrew tradition, uh, he would uh, dust off his sandals and uh, and leave them in the dust, so to speak. When does that occur? Well, it occurs when there, when the environment is so toxic that we begin to uh, feel some of that toxicity. Let me put it this way. Have you ever been in a work environment or even a church environment or a social club environment where it was toxic? where there were unspoken rules, especially if you came in and as a newbie, and you didn't know what the unspoken rules were, were, but boy, you sure felt it when you violated them. You didn't know what the rule was that you were violating, but you got the looks or you got the cold shoulder. Uh, again, that, that to me is, is what I'm talking about in a toxic environment. Or there is or was an abuse of authority. That's a big one, abuses of authority. When you get into that type of relationship, there comes a point, John, when I agree, when you have to cast the, shake the dust off your sandals, so to speak, and walk away. And so I, I hope that I hope that answer makes sense. If there's a point where it becomes such a toxic environment that that 
poison is being spilled over to you, it's time to exit and time to exit that, uh, that relationship, understanding that that person is not ready to talk in a reasonable, uh, in a dignified, in a rational way. And th- it may be that that changes. That toxicity may change after a while. Uh, but uh, it, w- when it gets to the point where, you know, if you're on a bus and the bus is going in a very toxic direction, it's going into a hazmat cloud, it's time to get off the bus. Or if you're driving the bus and there's someone on the bus that is creating uh, toxic environments and toxic things, then they need to be invited to leave the bus, or you remove them from the bus, either way. hope that makes sense. Uh, you're welcome to amplify on that or even push back on it. Area code 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. A little bit ago I mentioned that um, I feel that some of this, what's happening with the leaked uh, Supreme Court opinion and the immediate reactions and some of the same talking points we're hearing, I'm believing that some of that possibly is scripted. It's all part of a plan. Why do you believe that? I'm going to give you another piece of evidence in three minutes. Coming right up on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's more with the voice of the valley, Mike Douglas on Power Talk 1360 KFIV and streamed on the iHeartRadio app. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. I'm always looking to connect dots. I'm not looking at connecting dots that aren't there or connecting dots that don't exist by creating them myself. I I believe we need to look at dots and then connect them. So let me go back a week ago, a week ago to Wednesday, April 27. There was a House Judiciary Subcommittee, uh, subcommittee meeting that day on courts, intellectual property, and the Internet. They held a, a hearing titled Building Confidence in the Supreme Court Through Ethics and Recusal uh, Reforms. Building Confidence in the Supreme Court Through Ethics and Recusal Reforms. Do you find that slightly interesting that a week ago today they had a hearing on Supreme Court reforms and ethics? And then... At the beginning of this week, we have this leak, which rarely ever occurs, of the Supreme Court possible majority opinion that would overturn Roe v. Wade. All right, well, let me go a little further. Representative Hank Johnson, he's a Democrat from Georgia. He's the uh, chairman of the House Judiciary Court Subcommittee. He distributed a memo, quote, exploring codes of conduct for federal judges outside the Supreme Court and summarizes legislative proposals to impose ethics requirements on Supreme Court justices. So, there was a memo obtained by the Hill that also was looking at Congress's impeachment authority under the Constitution for the Supreme Court. 
Now, uh, Representative Mondaire Jones, Democrat from New York, said this to The Hill. The Supreme Court has long operated as though it were above the law, but Justice Clarence Thomas's refusal to recuse himself from cases surrounding January 6th, despite his wife's involvement, raises serious ethical and legal alarm bells. The need for strong, enforceable ethics laws is clearer than ever. We have to do more to hold the court accountable and restore public trust through a binding code of ethics and recusal. Do you find it slightly suspicious that a few days later, a majority opinion, we believe, by Justice Alito is leaked to Politico? I'm just looking at the dots. All right, let's go back to the phones, 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. Kathleen in Oakdale. Kathleen, what's on your mind today? Uh, what's on my mind is that uh, the reason why abortion uh, exists uh, so much in society is because uh, the male members exploit uh, the sexual junk. And um, they would stop exploiting the sexual junk if they were forced into um, having to uh, ward a refrain to every pregnancy. And that, would go, that refrain would go to the female uh, member uh, in the weed that is pregnant. And so they would always have to pay. In, in having the male junk, they have to pay male junk insurance, and uh, that's what the male junk insurance covers. And so that's how much the male junk uh, insurance premium would cost them, is, is how many times they're exploiting uh, the sexual junk. It's really the males who exploit the sexual junk and not the females. I know the the males are out there accusing the females of exploiting sexual junk and therefore females can't bring a lawsuit for uh, child support. They can only bring a lawsuit for a father in the home. Okay. Uh, Kathleen, thanks for your call. I'm, I'm, I'm rarely without words it, exploiting the sexual junk, I, I'm assuming you mean, mean stuff that's below the belt. And so it would be like male organ insurance. Um, I'm going to have to think about that overnight. Uh, or not. Regardless, Kathleen, thanks for your call. And um, I'll be back with you tomorrow at 3 p.m. here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Have a great night. Thank you. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.